not one point has he stopped and thought, you know what, this is actually not probably the best thing to do. It's madness. When you're, when you're entering your 16-digit card number, maybe. Like, exactly. Goodness. Bro, goodness. Maybe perky out a the... bit much. Come on, man. <laughs> Bro, Come that's on, mad. We said previously they should send men like that to war. Cannon fodder. Because he's, he's not afraid of anything. Fearless men. Fearless. Welcome to another Black in a Box podcast this week. I'm here with Dom. Yes, yes. How we doing? Good. Alana. Hello. Doing well. And our special guest, founder of Ultra Black Running, night running coach, community builder, General Dom Dora Atim, question mark. Have I said that correctly? You have. You have. Yes. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. I am like, honestly, I'm so excited. Because I just love talking. <laughs> well, Perfect. Honestly, like, so pleased to get you on. We've been trying to get you on for a while, and that's like the royal week because Alana has been hotting us up. We need to get this wellness, <laughs> this topic in. We need to get Dora in, and we you know, we had one about the attempt so far. So it's great that you could finally come on to the podcast. Just want to tell us a bit. How did you two meet? Uh, good old Instagram actually. Um, when when I launched Ultra Black Running, obviously we'd done a few runs and stuff, and then Alana reached out to come to one of the sessions and then she did and we fell in love and that's our beautiful <laughs> love story a meet cute you know <laughs> we uh, yeah so um i the reason i found ultra black running was because i was specifically looking for a sense of community like i was specifically looking for black women fitness groups and I don't know whatever Google search I I looked through um just turned up ultra black running and yeah as Dora said the rest is history oh yes I'm on Google <laughs> My, absolutely you're all over the place well, girl you are. <laughs> In a we, good way. Will, we will uh we will get to that um you are you are actually all over the place I mean you've you have previously actually come onto my radar before so when I wear my other hat I am in uh, advertising and marketing creative and I work for sports brands mainly. And we were talking about um, Speed Project. Ah, and yes. And previously, yeah, Alana had mentioned you to me previously and then I'd seen like, like you were doing it already. So um, just for the people at home, do you want to just give them a taste of what the Speed Project is just so they know how certy you are. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, whenever someone says uh, Speed Project, the PTSD just comes back. Um, <laughs> so the Speed Project is a ultra relay race from Los Angeles, Santa Monica Pier to Las Vegas. Welcome sign. It is around 500 and something K or 300 and something miles. Um, and you do that in a team of however you want, however many you want. Um, but I've done it twice. I've done it in a team of eight and also a team of six. Died both Ooh. times, but here to tell the tale. <laughs> that is crazy. This doesn't this, this doesn't surprise me at all because Dora, um, I'm starting to get to know her a little bit better. And like a few weeks ago, she was like, hey, do you want to run this ultra just in the next weekend with a team of three and I put my faith in her and I'm glad that I did because we did it as a team, but I was truly dead. Yeah. Truly dead. 
<laughs> do you know what it's one of those things um people will start to get to know how I am like I'm one of those people that I would be like and it's because the people around me um I have friends that would be like hey do you want to uh run a marathon in a few weeks and I'd be like yeah like <laughs> sure why not and they'll be like oh yeah it's in uh, France or it's in Berlin or whatever and I'm like yeah yeah let's do it and then it re- then it dawns on me I'm like um yeah a marathon is uh definitely a marathon um but I've <laughs> Now put that onto everybody else, and um, you guys will. Yeah, you'll soon learn. I'm a bit crazy like that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, all, all this talk of marathons is making me just cheers. Well, just a bit thirsty, yeah. Oh, wait. Um, wait, wait for it. Catching up. Oh, everyone's. Oh, cheers. That, sound, that sounded like ting. Um, yeah, I, it's what it's crazy because I in I run a bit just because I really like how compartmentalized it is so if I'm doing five I know it's going to take me 20 minutes if I'm doing 10 it's going to take me 40 something minutes it's just like it's a really nice bargain to make and I can go as hard as I want and it's yeah. it's all good and it's been good the last year again we'll come into this later on just seeing people discover that for themselves it's like you don't need no kit everyone's got shoes just get out and do it yeah and uh, I, a friend of mine was doing a uh, a thing where he ran the kilometer whatever kilometer it was for the that date in january so i think it's 496 kilometers he did in the end oh wow so i was yeah so i was helping him out virtually i'd go and do it with him and i got to i did the 31st of, of january and i remember thinking by that point i'd done like two half that week wow and uh i remember thinking i was like i got to like 26 kilometers i was like actually i, I might as well just do the marathon here and it got to 30 kilometers and I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, like hmm. you ele- exactly another 11 like k like it's just it, a marathon is no joke so respect to anyone and everyone who takes it and completes it and even tries it so do you want to tell us a bit about um ultra block running how you came to start it up yeah sure so um buckle up so <laughs> ultra black running do you know it was kind of a yolo thing i've always wanted to do something for black women right and i never really actually knew what i wanted to do because obviously i work i do different things for work and i'm like mm, i just want to do something that's meaningful something that i love something that other people love um and that's just kind of been sitting in the back of my mind for about yeah two and a bit years um and you know when lockdown first happened it was a bit like oh my goodness what's happening the world's shutting down and I was just sort of like meh okay and then when like work started to sort of like cancel and everything else I was sort of like wow don't know what to do with myself so all I could do was run and you know running is my job um but I was just like running like mad um because you know then I started getting all the like race cancellations and the post moments and it was like yeah I really have nothing to train for which is cool it's fine it's also quite unique because we've all had to sort of train for life now because I always people that have been training or coaching you know it's like oh I don't know what to do I have no races and it's like well you train for life train for life if we had a zombie apocalypse they have got no chance because you will outrun every <laughs> single one of them that's what you're going to train for and then obviously like lots of friends and stuff we started doing running challenges and I'm terrible with those kind of things because I will be up at midnight making sure you know my name goes up on that leaderboard um I always say I'm not a competitive person but you know Apparently I am. Um, you, are that, you are that guy. Yeah, like, like running like We'll crazy. do the January challenge and you go out and do 40k on January 31st. Like, oh. It's actually hilarious because I did, <laughs> I actually did do that one day. Um, <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, don't get, don't, don't invite Dara this time. And I just couldn't talk about it because I was just like, I'm absolutely wrecked. But yeah, like all the running challenges. And what was so nice is that so many people, like the boom that running had was so nice. And it wasn't because everyone's running to get fit. It's like everyone's calling people out on Instagram. You know, people are creating habits and it's just like so fun. And people who don't usually run, we're now running. People that are in the gym all the time, we're now running. And they're just seeing the fun of it. We're not training for races anymore. We're just training to just train, train for life. Um, so, yeah, that was that. And I was also training for an ultra before the world shut down. And that obviously wasn't happening. So I was like, oh, damn, no ultra cries. And then I was like, OK, I'm going to keep on running through the trails because trails are pretty awesome. And it's a nice way to sort of slow it down, take in the scenery, you know, no cars, all that kind of stuff. Beautiful. And it was until I ran Epping Forest. I'm near Epping Forest and you can get lost in there because it's so there's so many way, ways you can go and different kinds of routes in there. And I was like, oh, yeah, amazing. Cool. And then, you know, George Floyd, BLM, all of those kind of things started to happen and the world just got really loud. And running then became my way of kind of just coping um, because it was no longer my job. It was no longer something I'm training for. It was just how I'm coping with all the noise. You know, I'm on social media all the time and it's quite hard because now I'm not like a super huge public figure, but I'm kind of on this social media to like interact people. But also I need to kind of stay in the know. But then all this information is coming out and people think peace here, think peace there, article this, article that. And I'm like, wow this is a lot, I can't cope. And I went to stay in the countryside for a few weeks. And that's when things really started to, like my eyes really started to open. You know, I'm, I'm not in London anymore. We are literally going through a global uprising. I am petrified to exist as a black woman. <laughs> you know, like it was just, there was so much thoughts and feelings. And I remember saying that for my first week and it took me like five days to see a black person. And this is something I run every day. And I'm like, it's taking me five days to see a black person. What the hell? <laughs> and I was like, whatever. And when I run, I can go for like quite a while, 45 minutes to an hour. But I just couldn't. I couldn't run for more than half an hour because I just felt so anxious because I'm like, are people looking at me because um, I'm black and everything that's going on? Or are people just like, oh, she's mad. It's like 5, 6 a.m. and she's running. So I kept going to a local trail and then people started to actually stop me when I was out on runs and ask me what I'm doing. And that was absolute, that's, that was like so bizarre to me because I'm like, you've stopped me. Like I have headphones on and you've stopped me and then asked me what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm like, the first time I thought someone was going to ask me for directions and I was sort of like, yeah, I'm not from around here. So, but they were like, oh, like, what are you doing? And we're just having like this stare off now because I'm literally looking at them like, are you serious? It happened a few times and it really got me annoyed because, you know, everything else was happening. It was just like amplifying everything. And I was just sort of like, I'm just trying to run. I'm just trying to disengage from the world for a bit because it's scary. So obviously um, I, I feel like these are white people who are stopping you. Oh, yes. White, <laughs> old white people. But, you know, nothing against them. I love y'all. But stop asking me questions when you can see what I'm doing and running. Um, and then things just got, started to get really stressful. And I, and I just found myself like every single day was just heavy and I didn't want to run anymore. I didn't, I just wanted to just not do anything. I literally didn't want to do anything. I just used to wake up and be like, oh, I don't want to do nothing today. Don't want to be on social. I don't want to be online. I don't want to talk to anybody. 
people are calling you to ask you how you're doing, what they can do. People are asking you, oh, educate me. And I'm just sort of like, I can't. Like, this is too much. Until one day. Sorry, yes, go. Sorry, just to cut in there. Obviously, like, running was your job. What was your relationship to running at this point? Obviously, you were saying there you'd wanted it as escapism. It was a job which you couldn't do. What was that sort of relationship at that point? Uh, So, yeah, that's a good question because it became really tough because I'm trying to like create content and my job involves like recording guided runs and all those kind of things and it's so hard to kind of like put my passion into it because I'm kind of just like not feeling running not because I'm not feeling motivated it's just because I'm absolutely petrified of running because I'm black and you know we saw the whole case of Ahmed Arbery who was literally killed for running and I know the US and the UK are completely different but you know there's still a correlation between potentially losing your life or something happening you being at risk because of the color of your skin um so it made work quite hard um but you know i had to push through um it was yeah shout out to my support network because they really held it down for me until one day i just said you know summer started to uh, come about and i made a new playlist i love house music and i always like play around with different kind of tracks and like to discover old tracks new tracks and i made a playlist and i said i'm going to go for as long as i can today and i'm not going to let my anxiety get the best of me and I just went out one day and I was out for like an hour and a half went absolutely insane and I remember getting to this part I remember it was like a sunrise as well and it was beautiful weather uh skin was popping all of those kind of things everything was aligning (laughs) and I remember getting to like this really open bit of this trail and I kid you not I just burst into tears like it was and it wasn't even like I was upset it was just a mix of emotions like I felt such joy and I was like, this is absolutely amazing. No one has stopped me and asked me what I'm doing. The sun's shining. I feel like, you know, I'm coming back to my usual self, just running however much I want to run. And I was like, I really wish I could share this joy. This is so amazing. And I, and I just feel like a powerful woman right now. And I was sort of like, I want other black women to feel this. This is going to be the thing. Um, <laughs> had no idea how to go about this because I essentially, I just wanted to be me and my friends out on the trail run and I reached out to a few of my friends and I was like hey I want to do this like trail thing and you know they were like oh god you're making us run again and you're like yeah like, it's gonna be fun um so we did it we just said let's just let's just try it out see how it goes so called a few friends out we ran in the trails obviously it's summer it's a lot easier to to convince people to come out and run so we launched and it took off at a speed I didn't think it would I was just sort of like, oh, yeah, this is just meant to be people coming together to enjoy, really. Um, And I was like, yep, I'm going to open this out. We're going to just, like, invite all black women and non-binary people. Come come and explore the trails of us. There is no plan. There is no route because I don't follow routes and I can't read maps. So (laughs) we're just going to run until we're tired. And it was such a beautiful thing. Like the first few, I was like, this can really be something really amazing because what I was seeing was that other people that I, hadn't, I, I didn't know were reaching out to come and run. And the discussions that we're having afterwards was really powerful. People are talking about, you know, their beauty regime to Black Lives Matter. And I was really like, wow, this is, we need this space right now. I was like, yeah, I really need to make this like, I just want to give you guys everything. I want you guys to feel the joy that I felt on that run in on that morning. I want you guys to feel safe. I want you guys to not feel that 
you know, the trails are not for you. And I say trails because it's all I was around and I just find it so beautiful. Road running, we can do it every single day. Trail running is like a little treat, you know. So that's how Ultra Black kind of came around. It reminds me of that saying, you know how, I don't know who said this, but there's that saying like, the thing that you're looking for is also looking for you. Mm. And it was like in that moment, I'm quite into like spirituality and like the concept of dharma and like how like there's some things that you're sort of like meant to do, like programmed to do. And I feel like for you, Dora, like this is clearly something that you needed to birth into the world um, for yourself, but then also like to see that people were just drawn to it. Like the fact that I was, it's like you sent out a homing signal and that somebody like me could be like, I've been looking for this thing. Like, where yeah. is it? <laughs> and then I came to it for all of the same reasons too. Like I wanted that sense of community with black women. I also wanted to see black women being uplifted. And I came to have these desires around the same time, especially after George Floyd. I was like, I don't, I, I only exclusively want to be around black women. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> in like all of this, all of the spaces and um, that, and then like the safety and the, I don't know, just that sense of like black sisterhood um, yeah. and include, you know, all women and, and femmes and non-binary people in that too. Um, so I guess I'm just saying thank you. And like, it's, it's wonderful what you're doing because you're totally right. It is needed right yeah, now especially. like I just yeah and you know I think as well putting your think pieces out there on, on online as well is quite risky too like everyone obviously has their 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 right to opinion but people need to share what they're actually feeling because obviously I've written a few pieces and then got absolutely torn to shreds publicly and via the dms which is fine like I have time to go back and forth <laughs> with you people but um, <laughs> other people don't feel that they can do that so a space like Ultra Black, you can come along and have a rant about why why people are annoying you today and why white supremacy is still a thing. Nice and lighthearted, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's also a good thing to like get out of your head and into your body. And that's why, you know, there's different types of activism. And there's different types of responses to um, issues in the world. And some people, they do it through the written word and other people, they just need to feel it and let it out through their body. And like, that's another reason why, you know, having a running group, you need that balance of, yeah, I read the think pieces, but I also just need to go out and run. Oh people. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. For I remember I, I just called it running as escapism when in, in practice, almost what you described there was you created an environment where you could actually confront and embrace and talk about fears and everything that was going on because you're in a group that was stronger for the collectivism rather than being on your own and having to deal with something that's quite overwhelming. Was there a specific sort of moment when you felt I've really, I've, I've really hit on something which, which is necessary or was it like a really sort of gradual thing a few weeks in you're like wow. Um, I think this whole journey is going to be like a gradual thing because I, this, like Ultra Black is not about Dora, it's not about me, it's about the people that are a part of it and, but there was one particular run that we'd done in Crystal Palace and we had like a huge conversation afterwards, I think it went on for about like an hour or something and I remember like getting home and I was just getting like so tearful because I was like wow that was so special and that was just like that was so I was like that was so necessary and there was no judgment there was no nothing there was no I'm playing devil's advocate it was nothing it was just share what you're thinking but we're all running and we all look absolutely amazing and we're going to go about our days and we've just done something fantastic for us for our health 
and that, that day in particular, I was just like, I want to give black women everything. Obviously, I can't do that, but <laughs> that's, that's exactly how I felt. And that's the, at that moment was just something. Um, and it, in, to this day, it still sticks with me. And, you know, I hope I can create more moments that uh, will encourage that. Mm. Alana, when you were getting into it, did you, was, were you even thinking that you'd get so much in terms of sort of the mental aspect that you have out of that sort of becoming part of that community and, and, and the running? I think I started searching for that. Not, I didn't really have, I didn't have an expectation. I just had a pull towards this sort of energy. And I also, so I am mixed race and most of the people that I've grown up around, including my mom are white. Um, but you know, my grandmother and my grandfather who I just adore and obviously my father too, but you know, like my elder, (laughs) my elders, they're, they're black. And I just was having this craving of the feeling that I get when I'm with my grandparents and specifically when I'm with my grandmother, like there's something, (laughs) there's something like when I think, you know, if God had actual like features as a human, like for sure, that's a black woman. (laughs) For sure. Um, Because yeah, I just was really craving that energy. And so when I went to meet with Dora, and I think, I don't know how many times you've been to Crystal Palace, but I definitely went somewhere with you in that area. And same thing we were running around and there was no pressure even in terms of the running you know there were people of all different levels and we would stop and we you know take pics for the gram and yeah <laughs> catch the right lights and all that and it was like it was just so healing yeah and pretty addicting i mean that feeling was was, was really addicting because it's a feeling that you don't really get often as black women just yeah. going about the world yeah oh that's so like i love to hear that and that's how I kind of want it to be. And even when it goes down to planning, like I'll plan venues, but I'm not going to plan no route because that's quite time consuming. Um, and that involves me having to focus on something for more than 10 minutes, which I can't do. So I always, I always say like, oh, you know, our runs are between five and seven K or five and eight K. And people will be like, what's the, what's the in between? I'm like, that's if I take a wrong turn. Um, that's literally <laughs> the in between. And there were going to be multiple stops because we got to get that good light. But also just, you know, we've got all abilities. So people might need to catch up. People might need to slow down. People might just want to take a, a minute, you know. Um, and, I, and when I'm trying to engage people who maybe haven't run before or are getting back into it, I really wanted to take away that stress element because as well, being online and the, the fitness industry today is all very much like, you know, go hard, go home. And it doesn't really have to be that take it at your own pace like stay in your lane stop watching what other people are doing and I and I speak to myself with that as well like you know it's, it's really hard to obviously say don't compare yourself to other people or what other running communities are doing um it's really hard to be like this is what I'm doing and this is why um so I say that to other people but also for myself how easy have you found it to bring in those that are kind of beginners to running because I am um for you guys you know how you're talking about how a marathon is daunting that's how i find a 5k i've just never been built for long distance running <laughs> so yeah how how have you found that with with beginners to the running um so engaging like beginners has and always is quite tricky but it's something that i always gravitate to and 
you know, even with my coaching, like my like I would love my audience to be those who have not, never done it before or are getting into it. And I say that because I once upon a time was the most unlikely person to ever run. The thought of the, the thought of a five k used to absolutely fright, frighten me as well. And you know, sitting here with marathons and stuff under my belt, it's like wow, Dora, how did we get here? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so when I engage newer runners. I really have to work on the like mental aspect and break it down and be like, you know, just showing up is the most important thing. And that obviously in itself is still quite hard to do. And it's like, I try to be like, you know, try not to overthink it. Try not to like, just leave the door and everything else kind of work, work its way. And if you, if you feel like you're having a really bad time or if you feel like it's not going to plan, you know, I'm going to be here to, to help you because I can remember what it was like running my first ever mile, let alone, you know, 5k, 10k. Um, so that's what I kind of want to create. And once you create that, then it will open the doors for other people to feel like, ah, actually, so-and-sos can do it, then, you know, I can I can do it too. I, I feel like that's what the, what's what really started that wave about a year ago is, is running, it's very unusual in that it's a, a kind of, sport or pastime where you see the improvements happen so quickly and you see your own capability like happen so fast and it's it's only you against yourself really like you can be racing someone else but ultimately it's you against yesterday so to get that sort of thrill of seeing yourself get a bit better and then be able to share that with other people is like it's, it's so unusual I mean I think Dom got really into cycling last year and he had the sort of same discovery arc didn't you Dom as you sort of went from not cycling at all to suddenly he's going out and doing 60k on a Sunday oh my goodness before sunrise I still can't believe I'm doing that oh my god I love that <laughs> cycling is like wow hats off to you I have a single speed and I commute everywhere that is an absolute task but it's amazing and I think running's like this as well like in the in the few runs that I am starting to go on one of the best things about it is you discover new places and oh, I yeah. mean when we think about London and how, how vast the place is, you go underground and then you turn up 20 minutes later the other side of the city and yeah. you don't really know how interconnected everything is. And I think that has been one of the amazing things about running and cycling this past year, just discovering new areas. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think the process also becomes much better when you can kind of let your ego go. And that is one of the biggest things that I've learned from running. And any sort of, any sort of endurance activity, whether it's running, cycling, yoga, just this idea of if you just approach it with a sense of curiosity, because every day is going to be different too. There might be times when, you know, you're a seasoned runner and then you just have a day where you're like, every mile is just going through mud. And if you can approach it with this sort of, oh, what am I going to, you know, what's it going to be today? You know, what's it going to be today? And I'm just going to go with the flow. And sometimes you go farther, sometimes you go not as far and that's fine. Yeah, I think, you know, ego is such an important and interesting topic that, you know, comes with running as well. Like when people begin running, they keep on doing it and then they start to see themselves progressing and all that kind of stuff. But what what tends to happen is that the idea of progression tends to be I can run faster. I can I'm getting faster. I'm getting faster. Whereas progression is not you running faster. Progression is you sometimes running slower but you've gone longer progression can be you've slowed you completely slowed down 
but you've now stayed consistent. You've been running consistently for like three months or so. Um, and it all ties, ties down to ego because even myself, like, you know, my training, I'm still being like, I have a coach who, you know, does all my training plans and stuff, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so, I was not this slow last year, like literally. And I really got into my head about it. I was like, wow, I really slowed down until my coach was like, you do know you're training for an ultra, right? Mm, actually yeah Dora take a second you're training for something absolutely massive so yeah ego is such an important part when it comes to like yeah endurance sports cycling running you know I feel so seen because I (laughs) (laughs) I really I went through this exact thing last year because obviously everyone started running I'm like this is my jam what's everyone doing out here (laughs) and I was putting all the Strava though so I started I started doing this program to try and get my 5k under 19 minutes and I'm going through this thing I'm just like absolutely flogging myself and what I realized was I was I, in the end I just ended up burning myself out and injuring myself and then mm. it just put me out for four months instead of like when I came back from that I started I discovered the it's called maths training like sort of just heart rate training and it was so that's the hardest thing I've ever done is mm. running to like six and for me like running to six and a half minute kilometers or something and just being disciplined yeah and I'd I had to like completely change my mindset listen to like just podcasts because music every time I hear music I'm just gone to the beat oh yeah and yeah it was, it was such like a development like I say of, of my ego to stop like <laughs> to stop, <laughs> stop thinking I'm the boy and just like take a step back and enjoy the process and, and, and go through that and uh, yeah that is a really tough part though isn't it because if you think about people who are perhaps older and they're starting to try and get back into any kind of training be it running or playing sports or going to the gym or whatever I even have it. I'm 30 years old and I have that ego thing which says when you were 22 you were lifting this. When you were 23 yeah. you were dunking with no no effort whatsoever. So when you can't do that in the first few weeks back. Honestly, when I get in the gym now, I'm going to be expecting to be doing some mad stuff even though I've not been in the gym for a year and it's <laughs> switching that Honestly. off. Switching that <laughs> off is so difficult. That is me like I'm waiting for the the gyms to open. I'm like, "Yes, I'm going ham." And the other day I did a home workout and couldn't walk three days and I was a bit like mm, you're gonna have to reassess that hun yep. <laughs> it's interesting like you, that your club's formed around trail running me and Dom are from the countryside went from a school where there's like 10 black people about 2000 or something daft like that like Goodness. well trail running's all we did but yeah. often you'll see to like urban black people black communities they just won't see like those runs they will not be part of that in the same way you won't have young black girls thinking oh I can go and ride a horse um and so much of like of like I say of inclusion is exposure to to the to these sports and these pastimes would you use the trail running before or was did it did that exclusively begin when you started ultra bike running so I've experienced I've trailed running in the past um I used to live in West London and there was a few trails that I used to um, go and run and it was quite nice, but I never always used to do it because I'm like, oh God, my shoes are so muddy. Um, and also, yeah, I didn't really see much people doing it that look like me or people that I can relate to. Uh, if I'm running with people, we don't often go to the trails because running on the roads is easier because we know the streets and stuff like that. And it was just like, yeah, let's just leave that one alone um, until you know, I was like, no, it's actually pretty awesome. But I never really prioritised 
going out to the trail and I always forgot the feeling it used to give me. Um, and it was uh, things like Speed Project, which really opened my eyes to like off-road running. I mean, I was running like through like dried up riverbeds. So that's a little bit different to trails here, but um, it really did open my eyes to like off-road running and your goals and your ego completely changes because you're having to slow down. You're having like, you need to be alert in the sense of like, when people say, oh yeah, I run to switch off. I'm like, I really do switch off because I'm now switched on because I'm like, where is my foot going next? Um, and yeah, that's when I was like, yeah, trail's really awesome and I don't really prioritise it enough. But I also feel like I, it's the same old thing, you know, you see older white people doing it. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just leave it alone. I'm not going to bother. It's not really, doesn't, it doesn't really appeal to, to me to keep on doing that but then I was like no but I actually really enjoy it I love the feeling it gives me um but people just won't do it um people do actually do it it's the only thing what I've realized is that it's just not getting enough exposure um there's just not a lot of representation and that was an issue for me yeah it's we talk so often about on this on this podcast about representation and you know, you can't be it unless you can see it, and it's, Dom's a real champion of that. Um, it's and it's great that you've sort of formed this. Uh, you formed this group, and it's something which can really be pushed on now. Have, have you? I guess have you, have you thought about how far you can go in terms of like making this into like a big brand? Or at the minute, are you still in the stage where you're like, okay, we're just establishing this and enjoying it? Yeah. So I'm actually working on something right now, which is. Uh... I don't know. If, I don't know how much information I can reveal. I'm working on something that might take this to the next level, um, but it's also taken a life out of me in the process. Fingers <laughs> 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 crossed it works. But um, I'm just hoping that more people would have the confidence to just give it a go. And do you know what? If I can influence somebody to to try something that they don't see much representation in, you know, that's 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 all I ask. It can be, it doesn't have to be trail running, it could be lacrosse, it could be, I don't know, polo. But I just want people to think, you know, if you don't see that person, go and be that person. Um, and there's a lot to that. Obviously, there's a lot to unpack before we say, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to be there and rep the thing. But just do it, basically. Oh, yeah. Little plug there. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love you to become the DLT brunch of park runs. Do you so know what I mean? Yeah, like we um, need exposure. Yeah, and you know this little—I say this little project, this project I'm working on. Um, I'm just hoping that does that. Hence why, like I've just been prodding at Alana. I'm like, you want to do this uh, random ultra? Let's do it. It's mad though that that whole representation thing it is really mental because that that was one of the things that got me into cycling. You know, because I. Most of my friends from back up north, all of my white friends, they're all cycling every single week, going up vertical mountains and doing all this kind of madness. And I saw it as being a middle-class white people's sport, despite the fact that I rode my bike religiously as a child, as so many black kids do. And it was only when last year we got a new housemate who was one of my good friends from back home, a black guy, came with his bike and was like, we should go for a cycle in the next few weeks. And it was literally because a black man told me, come get on your bike, we're going to go and hit the road. I was like, okay, I'll give this a go. Lo and behold, I'm spinning five times a week and doing mad kilometers and that. And it's just because that one person who happened to look a bit more like me suggested it. 
it's crazy how it works like that oh love that and that's all you need right it's that that one person like Alana Kemi who we ran the 12-hour race with she actually has been in the trail scene for a hot minute she's run like in Chamonix she's done ultras like she does ultras in her sleep and she's so humble about it and I'm just like oh people are gonna know about you babes I'm gonna shout until my voice is completely gone and it's just that one person that that will be like you know what yeah we can do this it's, yeah you just need that one person like I'm I'm in advertising I'm in marketing I'm just constantly thinking every day like how can I find something new to shine a light on my community how can I raise the volume on this I mean they're constantly looking for new ideas so where better to look than someone who went into a space which wasn't designed to be for them and made that space their own and opened the door for everyone else I mean last podcast Alana picked Winter Floyd Compton Cargo uh, was, was one of her picks it's a space which you know people wouldn't have expected previously Lil Nas X a, a same yeah. he moved into that space and did what, he, did what he wanted to do in that space and and uh, just made it accessible to people and that's that mindset really sort of excites me I wish I was that brave because that it takes so much bravery to be able to go in there and just say you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take this on and just sort of open it up to other people like so it's uh, it's something which it fills me full of hope. For and sure. on, on top of that as well, it goes beyond just that one thing. So it might start with you going out for a run. If I speak to my own experience, I've started using um, using an app which has got all kinds of online workouts and stuff. And I've been doing like bar classes and all kinds of things that I would never Love have expected that, yes. to have done previously. Things that I'd heard were good for you, things that I'd heard you get all kinds of benefits from, but because I, I really enjoyed the cycling I was like right let's try other new things that are probably going to be good for you as well and now I'm doing plies in my living room oh I'm here for this <laughs> yes yes <laughs> Dom let me please let me train you in a bar class please <laughs> I'd love nothing more so when the streets open right. we're all doing bar basically is what you're saying yeah, we're all doing bar here for it <laughs> they're gonna have you in the torture rack my brother <laughs> bring it come man yeah so I mean like, like I say running's a great one given that like in terms of barriers to entry it's it's almost all psychological and it's it's being able to have someone who's sort of a guide and a sherpa and I Went to when I was at university. I played football before that, and I, I played rugby when I went to university. And it was again that was a funny one because that was also a psychological barrier, but it was a class barrier. I don't really belong in this space. I had no concept really of like like working class and, and upper class and middle class and all that stuff until I went to university. And I remember going to the rugby trial, and I was just like, ah, oh, yeah, I I am scum. <laughs> I just like, this, this is absolutely incredible. Like, these lot were moving mad. I was like, there was 120 people in the in the rugby club, and there was maybe like six, five or six of us from state school. Yeah, and that's even for me being one of like two or three black people there. Yeah, university is like that is the same thing that happened to me when I went to uni. It was like the class and because mm. I I used to box, and that's how I actually got into running. And I remember joining the boxing society at uni and I showed up and I was like, wow, I am basic. And I remember telling the people that, you know, and the people that were part of the boxing society were just doing it, you know, because obviously it's pretty cool and they wanted to do fights and stuff. But they were all like actual runners. And I say actual runners, you know, 
I remember telling a guy because I remember running 10k for the first time and I was so excited to come back and tell my team that I've run my longest ever distance and I was like I remember I was like oh my god yeah I did my I ran 10k I didn't stop I did like 54 minutes something he's like oh gosh that's slow and I just remember like you know when you just like shatter glass I literally just like that was that was mean but what he didn't know I was like cool okay but do you look as good as me though do you know what I mean Um, (laughs) do you but the thing is yeah that was that was if if you're gonna have yeah if you're gonna have that attitude like you can't have that attitude if you're not like got a world championship medal or an olympic champion do not ask stush because like you are just you're just one other of all these other people so don't mm-hmm. that, that doesn't give you a place to belittle others yeah definitely and that's what separates people from the sport you know if you go around with that attitude mm. someone like me who who could have been like oh yeah because i'm not running at championship or national level i this is not for me and it could easily stop me from doing it but um i'm quite stubborn so that didn't happen <laughs> but can you imagine like some i just think someone like myself can you imagine if i'm like oh is that is that how long you did your 5k in mm, damn um people just stop running whereas i don't want it to happen i want everyone to do it yeah and i, I just think it's so important because especially in this country where clubs are getting squeezed uk sport funding is getting squeezed universities and institutions are the places where people are getting into stuff so they've got to have a remit to be more inclusive and to help break down some of these barriers and not only that i mean i like the u.s is definitely in a public health crisis and i know that the uk is not as bad at the US as the u.s but it's it's still in kind of like crisis mode too so you would think that there would be more incentive to to make um sport and even just recreation or just being more active more inclusive um i saw a post from jocelyn thompson roll actually um she posted something about how a lot of girls just decide at some point you're either a sporty girl or you're not and there's no room for nuance so obviously there's like psychological barriers in terms of Mm. race in terms of class, and then there's obviously like economic barriers because of the class as well. But then there's also gendered issues too, where mm. women feel like if they weren't the sporty type of girl playing football or volleyball or whatever, what have you, that there's just no space for them in any sort of physical activity. Which is why I love these things sort of like bar, um, yoga, Pilates, things that are, I mean, while they are can be gendered as well they do Mm. open up more room for for women and young girls especially it's i mean it's it's the democratization of fitness um like there is a thing for everyone there's a class for everyone like no longer gyms are like gradually getting less and less segregated in terms of like serious fitness people and Mm -hmm. and everyone else and what I'm hoping is that this sort of to come out of this year is people have worked out at home they've had your man teaching people pee on tv they've realized what you need in a good gym is community and you want to feel safe and you want to feel happy and you want to feel in a place where you you know that makes you feel good so hopefully the bad gyms 
shut down, the bad PTs, no clients, because people realise they can do it themselves or get it elsewhere, and I've, hopefully that's the space that we're moving into. Oh, yeah, fingers crossed and toes. When we saw the whole, like, rise of the home workouts, I was just so in awe because, you know, you really can you really can do it and you don't need a gym membership obviously like whilst gym is night gyms are amazing and fitness studios are absolutely brilliant the only thing that takes you there is the people right so if you've got a good coach if you've got a good fitness instructor you're always going to go back because of that feeling that they give you but we've seen everyone working at home and you know making positive changes to their health and I find that whilst there are still so many barriers to fitness. Um, the lockdown has kind of, um, I want to say, broken down so many in the process. I mean, the whole battle of the lives was like one thing. I remember when everyone, I remember having to do live workouts in the first couple of months of the first lockdown. And I was like, oh my God, I can't keep up. My neighbours don't like me. I keep getting complaints. Um, I'm, I think I know every single variation of a, of a squat. Um, I know every single variation of a burpee. Burpees, yeah. Oh my goodness me. It was just like, and you're constantly having to like think of new ways to keep people engaged, but really you just want people to come online and move. Um, and if you're a shit coach, excuse my French, people are going to see that. And if you're absolutely amazing, people are always going to come back. And when the studios, and what we saw was like lockdown one, two, and three, as soon as studios opened, people are like rushing back um, to the classes, but also people who have never been to a gym, people who are petrified of gyms, people who don't want to go to studios, have now been working out at home for however many months, now can at least make a change to now work out outside, work out in a studio, a gym, etc. So I think that the fitness industry is moving in a positive direction um, because we re- like in the UK we really need you know, these facilities because we're in a health crisis first of all um Mm. but I like the fact that I feel I feel like people's eyes have kind of just like opened a bit um and just hats off to all the instructors and coaches out there because I've just been seeing some amazing stuff so Mm. shout out to (laughs) y'all yeah I mean we mentioned ego before and it's it's so relevant here I would say in terms of stripping away that sort of gym context and just it just being about making yourself feel good and, and like training and 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 being in better shape like I, I know Don was working out like every day like first couple of lockdowns I was working out every day and it just becomes a habit and you're just like okay like so and so else is doing this I just want to feel good about myself mm. it's yeah it's literally uh, healthy habits and it's oh it's so good to honestly it's so amazing to see I remember going on a run one day and obviously like there were so many blocks of flats being built and things now but I remember seeing three people working out on their balconies and I was just like oh that is absolutely brilliant like if we didn't have a lockdown that probably wouldn't be happening um and it's just it's just nice to see really yeah I live by a canal and I see people like doing hit workouts on top of their canal boats <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's amazing isn't it just like every yeah. piece of open land that someone can get to well, as soon as the weather's nice it's full up of people working out i've never yeah. seen so many people working out in parks and stuff it's like give me a space and we're going to use it it's like i'm in yeah. car parks i'm in like old oh man i've worked out in every space possible it's brilliant <laughs>
Dan, stop using past tense when you say I was working out. I'm doing it. I've just stopped putting it on Instagram. Come on, Instagram or it didn't happen. <laughs> I'm just saying it. So when summer comes around, you're going to shock everyone. <laughs> oh, Dom's still doing bits. Nice. Oh, someone's been in the lab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. In the club video, just doing the upside down sit ups. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, it, it's fantastic to see. And it's obviously there's no sport at the minute or anything else. So I guess the next six months, when things open up again, hopefully it'll translate to to stuff like that. I, it, it made me laugh actually. I was thinking about barriers to entry in in other sports, and I remember when I was a kid, like I wasn't a poor kid at all, like growing up. But I was like single parent family, and I remember I I lose things all the time to this day. To this day, I'll probably lose one thing a week. I remember losing my shin pads, oh my and I wasn't able to play football because I was I was I was probably the best person in the junior school, and I wasn't able to play football for a football team because I had I'd lost my shin pads. And oh my gosh. The, the teacher's like, "Oh, you just got it's like you got to roll up newspapers and put them down your shins." And I was like, "Are you serious?" You better get resourceful. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, oh, I'm just going to have to go home and get... And I think I think in the end I just made up an excuse because I didn't want to tell the rest of the lads. And someone else probably would have had one, but I was only like 10, 10 or 11. This is at junior school. And I didn't want to tell anyone else. I just like made an excuse and didn't play this primary school game like because I didn't have the kit. And it's, you know, it's for me, that was it was a big deal. But it's... It is a, like a problem, again, like I was saying, that with funding being cut to certain sports and clubs shutting that uh my worry is that we're going to have sort of a generation of people missing out and uh yeah that's it is a real concern yeah definitely and and you know my kind of like background in work has always been the children and youth so I've been like coaching and working with young people for about uh, over like 12 years now and over the years I've just seen like cuts after cuts I remember working for a charity once um and every couple of months, it was like cuts. Oh, another cut. Oh, another cut. And there was a particular company I worked for that was um, sponsored by Sport England. And every time the project came around, it was like less, less and less. And it was, you know, it's quite scary because young people I always see as the people who are just like not thought about the most. But running, you know, is kind of the, I think, is more accessible than other sports. Um, so what can we, I'm always like, what can I do to make this even more accessible, um, without bribing? I mean, I I do love a bribe, but, um, (laughs) you know, just come on, I've worked with kids all my life and like, I love a good bribe, but what can we do to make sure that I'm equipped, making sure people are equipped to start the sport? You know, what is it people are not, what is, what is the barrier? Is it, you know, races are so expensive or it's like, because obviously, you know, with trail races, it's it's a it's a bit it's a bit chaotic man it's like there's one race I want to do and I'm like two hours on the train that's fine but when I get off that train I've got to walk 45 minutes um then run 50k I'm tired already um (laughs) but it's like cost and then it's like kit and you know what do people need is it is it good sports bras good sports bras are expensive what is it good trainers and you know people need like hijabs to run with it's just there's so much um to it and being a young person that will be quite challenging so i always think about how can i make sure that people are equipped to start something you know yeah i 
Dom, you, you play basketball sort of growing up. That's basketball's a prime example, I think, of like a sport which, on the face of it, you don't actually you need a ball and a hoop. But as a sport, it's seen so many cuts because we're not going to win any medals and the actual prospects for any kind of national glory are slim. But you see, you, you think about the lads we used to play with and the lads we used to watch play and where they would have been if they didn't have sport. Like the, it, the impact of it outweighs the value monetarily. Yeah, and I think there's there's a lack of, of logic as well because I think it comes down to using your basketball example there. It's it's a spiral that you went to when you stop funding for these things because, like you say, the amount of people that you're taking off the streets. But once you start to close down these facilities and people can only go and play out on, outdoors on one concrete hoop, that's how you stop that progression from someone being someone that could potentially go to the States and be a... Um, be a staple of basketball in their community and beyond and someone who's just going to be good for their school just going to be good for their county because the more you close these facilities the less prospects you get and then the less prospects you get the less people that actually want to get into it in the first place and it's just this spiral that keeps going further and further down it's sad it's sad in basketball and, and, and other sports I've seen as well yeah and it obviously disproportionately affects people of color um, communities of color and that is actually specifically why I like got into um, fitness as a profession too is just being a woman of color and coming from a like lower middle class background but even that um, it was expensive to do the sports I wanted to do and I did cheerleading I did, did gymnastics and I had to raise money to participate in those sports and then when I wanted to keep up my fitness after I got out of school um, and I wanted to go to gyms and things like that, it's just, it's so expensive. And I, it kind of, it starts to impact your own self-esteem, or at least for me, it started to impact my self-esteem because I would see people who were in sort of better socio socioeconomic situations than I was being able to take care of themselves in ways that I felt like I couldn't take care of my myself and I was in an okay position. So I started to think about other people in my community and how sometimes those barriers are seem insurmountable. And um, yeah, it really is a shame. And then on top of that, there's also, you know, if you come from a background where maybe you have to work two, three jobs just to get by. There's like the barrier of time as well, like really not actually even being able to dedicate the time to yourself or not knowing how to find time to dedicate to yourself. And, you know, if you're in a neighborhood that isn't safe, then even something like running, which is like one of the most accessible things, um, suddenly becomes, you know, that's, that's a barrier as well. I think taking away the socioeconomic side of things, if you say that socioeconomics isn't an important aspect into whether someone can be successful or not, it's a complete fallacy because I think as a child, you should be required to turn up and play sport and that's all you're thinking about. You shouldn't be thinking about, well, can I go on this tour with my friends and my teammates? Probably not because my parents can't afford it. I can't afford some new shin pads. I can't afford this. I can't afford that. That shouldn't be on the psyche of the child that's playing because then that affects them beyond their own sport as well. It affects their own self-confidence. And if you don't have that, then how are you going to flourish to be a success in anything? Alana, you touched on their safety. And well, I've got you on, Dora. I think safety for women while running is an issue which is very much in the news with uh, sort of 
the killing of Sarah Everard. Um, I guess we're going to open this into a wider conversation, but just be interesting to hear what you think about how the fitness community can can continue to make women feel safe while they exercise, while they run. Yeah, um, this is always a topic that's, you know, it's been happening for as long as I've been alive. Um, so it's quite, it's hard. I've been trying to formulate my thoughts about this for like the last couple of weeks and you know, we always tell pe- women how to run safe and and what running groups. Like, I'm always told, you know, running groups, run with lights, uh, run with bright clothing and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, she did everything. She wore the bright clothes. She left her friend's house at what she probably thought, you know, nine o'clock for me. That's pretty early, you know. Um, and it's like, we need to kind of step away from telling women how to be safe and the conversation goes down to like what men can do but in terms of uh, everything that's been happening um what happened was like I got so many like messages and people like asking me how to run safe and all these kind of things and it just brought back so much because there is so much that happens that we are not aware of um so I've been running for a couple of years and I just always remember having to when it comes to like summertime I always had to like always make sure like I buy light t-shirts because I'm never going to run in a sports bra because I know exactly what's going to happen if I do that. Um, you know, where I run. And there was one time I was running in a group and uh, a guy was at a pub, you know, summer nights and everyone's like drinking and the guy actually um, smacked her on the ass, And she didn't tell us until afterwards because she said oh I don't want to cause a scene and blah 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 which would absolutely happen if I'd known but there is so I don't even know where I'm going with this but there's so much around tips and what to do and we need to just get away from that but at the same time we have such a long way so all I can do is tell people how to run safe and I've always you know I've been talking about like the lengths we actually go through and that's you know don't post in real time make sure your privacy settings are, you know, you know, apps like some few, I don't want to name them shame, but there's a few running apps out there that bait up your whole information. Um, and you can have a option where you can share like your f- location with friends, but you have to pay for that feature. And it's like, why should, why should you have to pay for that feature? Because you're basically saying, because who's going to, who are the people that are going to be paying for this? Women. So you're already just like, it's just, it's crazy. Literally putting a price on the safety. Exactly. So you're now telling me I have to pay to feel safe. Um, It's insane. This whole topic is insane. And every single day it's like, I try to like gather my thoughts about it. um, And I've gone off on a tangent now, as you're aware, but I love doing that. But yeah, I don't know what to to even make of the whole thing i just feel worried i i don't i just feel absolutely worried i don't know if it's because we're all in lockdown and everything is just super heightened but it is a really worrying time and yeah all i can do is just keep you know telling those points on how to run safe i guess alana did it did it um change how you feel 100% because actually the day of Sarah Everard's vigil was the day that we were doing our 12-hour run. Yes. And I remember 
running, um, like I had planned my routes kind of, but, and, and we actually in our WhatsApp group for our team had had conversations about, okay, well, we're going to say exactly when we're going to run. We'll tell each other when we set off, this is the route we're taking, tell each other when we get back, um, which we did, which was great. Um, <laughs> but I remember being really angry because on my second run, I was running in a place that was a bit more public, is a bit more concrete -y, and then off to the side, there was a more woodland area with a trail. And I was like, I really just want to be able to run in there. I really want to be able to just, you know, have my Pocahontas fantasy and run through the forest, like with my hair down by myself, completely carefree. And it's just fucking infuriating that I can't yeah. do that because I'm afraid someone's like lurking in the forest to murder me or what have you. And it is, yeah, it is weird. After any time something like this happens, I go in like, it ebbs and flows my sense of safety where, you know, knock on wood, but I have felt maybe naively relatively safe most of the time, but then a story like this will come out and then suddenly I'm looking at every man like, he's a rapist. <laughs> like, and oh, yeah. I know that's unreasonable, but that's like the level of fear that you have because you're just like, I feel like I can't trust anyone. And even the sense of like, this guy's walking a little bit, he's going to walk by me a little bit too closely. Is he going to touch me? Is he going to say something to me? Is he just going to make me feel uncomfortable just for like existing in this body? Um, yeah, so it, it has the immediate impact of all of those feelings. Um, but then it's kind of like a, yeah, you do, I don't want to see you know, you kind of push through, but you do kind of have to be like, I can't let this fear of the way things are hold me back from living my life. All I can do is just try to be as safe and smart as possible and, you know, encourage those changes that we want to see in the real problem, which is, you know, that sort of toxic masculinity. Yeah, it's, it's such a, it's just, it's so, it's just a strange thing to me. And when I think about like the behaviours that I, you know, do when I'm running, it's crazy because I've probably been doing this for years. Like I run, I'm always told to run with one headphone, which I don't do, mm -hmm. I'll be honest. But when I'm running past like men or groups of people, I always lower my music or I pause it just until I run past, just in case Same. they say something, I don't respond because I've got loud music in and they chase me down the street. I know that sounds insane, but that could also happen. Um... Or, you know, people shout things and yeah, it's just, it's, yeah, it's insane. And I, I don't, I don't even know what to make of it really. Um, but we have a long way to go, I think. That doesn't sound insane at all. It doesn't sound insane at all. I think the, on, the only even slight parallel that I can draw, and maybe you've been the same with this, Dan, is a certain places that I am back home and there's lots of drunk white pub men and I will always take one headphone out or just lower my music just in case for the exact same reason. So it doesn't sound crazy at all to me. I've actually had occurrences where I have been running or I have just been walking and someone suddenly appears next to me to like chat me up and it's horrifying. It's so terrifying. And you know, in none of these situations did I have, I mean, was I actually physically threatened 
But it's just the idea that somebody feels comfortable that they can just run up on you. Yeah. <laughs> like when you're minding your own business or, you know, it's like that thing at the gym where if you're a girl and you're working out and then somebody comes up to chat you up when you're like, I'm in the middle of a deadlift. Can you get out of my face? And it's just like men think they have the right to. Yeah. To just like insert themselves into your life whenever yeah. they want to. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Lockdown number one, I was followed home on a run. I was followed home. Yeah. I decided I was going to run at a different time because I didn't want to get attacked. And I was followed home because I changed the time to be feel safer. And I was still not safe. And I just remember it so vividly. I mean, it was only last year. Um, and... I just, it was like sunset and I just remember a guy walking and I'm paranoid generally <laughs> in every day just because that's just how I am. And I remember him on the same side as me and he was walking quite fast, but you know, whatever. Um, and I just remember switching sides of the road, COVID and all social distance. So I was like, I'm going to switch side. And then he switched over again and I kept switching sides. We did it four times. Um... And then I actually was like, I think he's actually following me because I remember stopping to like get my phone out and stuff. And I remember texting uh, my friend who I was living with at the time. I remember texting her and she was just like, be safe. She's like, stop, just walk home. And when I stopped, he stopped. And I was like, he's followed. This guy's following me. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to run home. And as soon as I started running, he then started walking. So I had to stop. And then he called me to come and speak to him. And I remember just like screaming at him like, no, I don't even know what I said to him. But I got home and I was absolutely furious because it's like, what gives you, what what possessed you to think that, like, what did you think was going to happen from this scenario? Like, what did you actually That's think was going to happen? Like, what do these men think is going to happen when they do this? You know, and then I started feeling away because I was like, well, you know. I ran at a less hotter time because obviously I wanted to wear less clothing and I was wearing like a really tiny vest, really small shorts. That's not my problem. That's not anyone else's problem. It's, no one's, it's none of anyone's business. But in the moment, I was like, oh my God, I was wearing like such minimal clothes. That's probably what like made him want to follow me because he probably thought, you know, I'd talk to him. It's just a whole roller coaster of madness, really. Yeah, I mean, and this is a problem though because we then it start to attribute like that as a signal to a man like oh well you're seeing flesh so that means it, it's game on like it's, it that's not that's not the case at all I haven't I was talking to a girl that I know and she was saying she went she changed the time she ran because she wanted to be to be safer when she was running she ran at 9am in the morning and she had her headphones in and this guy to slow this car down was to like spatch out and it's starting in Spanish or something she said she thought and then she just literally stopped in the road because he was he was just shouting at her and he literally stopped the car and shouted and then just drove off and now she's like I'm, I'm never gonna run again yeah that's awful that is just and, oh and that was like 9am in the morning and she's like she doesn't necessarily know what he was saying but it's like that circumstance like you're just driving your car you see someone and you think you've got right to like you say insert yourself into that person's life and because that person who you don't know doesn't want to acknowledge or engage with what you're saying it then that's an act which deserves uh 
a response of aggression and I, I, I don't understand I genuinely do not understand the where those that level of entitlement comes from mm. yeah and it's like when when men were first sort of saying um, this is what we need to do to like make women feel safe I, part of me was just like, like this is ridiculous like we just sort of rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic here we need to do something bigger but I understand in the meantime that's all we can do in like you can't it's going to take time to change all the other stuff so in the meantime what can we do in the next day 24 hours two weeks to make women feel safer and I guess that that's a thing that I do anyway just because I'm a black man and I have yeah. all my own space just to be like whatever and I get it and it's it's just it's quite tiring and it's quite depressing especially coming as it like right now before things are about to open up again and it's it's I mean it's, it's not me that's that's having to sort of worry about this so I can only imagine like just having sort of one stress taken away you've got another sort of added onto the pile of, of, of nonsense that you've had to deal with the last 12 months yeah yeah it's a tough one and and like I, I remember getting to a certain point when all this stuff was taken off and all these people were having conversations and that hashtag came out not all men and I remember having a discussion and they're like, oh you know I, you know I get randoms dming me random things all the time anyway and you know they're like what can I do and I was like don't be creepy that's literally it don't be for now don't be creepy while we're figuring out how to you know the bigger problem you know I had um this was lockdown number two the fact we can number lockdowns oh my goodness <laughs> lockdown number two I ran every single day at 7am for a while and um somebody reached out to me on Instagram and said oh it's so nice to see you running every day at seven Mm. Oh my um, god! And I didn't even I, I didn't even share this on on social media because that would just like send everybody into a frenzy, right? So I just kept that to myself and kept it to my like friend, my closest circle. So oh, it was so nice to see you running every single day. And I was just sort of like, oh, for one, I wanted to absolutely go off, but I was just sort of. I remember I, I challenged him on it, and I was just sort of like, you know what? <laughs> that I was like, all right, creep. But um, what did you? He's like, oh, we we should run someday. And I'm like, that is absolutely insane. And what actually happened one day is we crossed paths. And my body went into, like, absolute shock. Like, I just felt numb. And the thing is, whether or not he felt that he was doing it out of good intentions or whether he had an agenda, that's not the problem. The point is that I was... I just felt like, you know, a bit of PTSD there. Like, I was like, I just... Was like I don't want to leave the house on my own no more, um, and then you know for a couple of days, what happened was I just absolutely had to run with people. I had, I, I remember just blowing out like, everyone's phone like, who wants to run with me? Who wants to run with me? Who's about? Who's about? People were like, oh gosh, you, you're missing people, and then I had to message people on the side and be like, no, I ran past someone who's probably actually stalking me because for you to know that I'm now running. And for context, this was not in London, so. Mm you know I'm in I'm in a and obviously I document everything I do I'm like you know I'm staying in the countryside blah 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 I'm by myself for goodness sake so for you to come out and do that that is really crazy that's really mad um and I was absolutely petrified to run again obviously I kept going but 
stuff like that really just infuriates me. But also, when people ask me what to do, it's like, don't do that, for one. Yeah, I feel like I have a. I actually have a question that I just thought of when you were talking, Dora. Um, for the guys, I wonder, like, is there, is there a way to make it clear when something is flattering and when something is just creepy? Because I feel like for women, we know quite immediately when something is flattering and when something is creepy and when an approach is done in a respectful, like mindful way and when it's like really done in a thoughtless way. And so, but clearly you guys don't. <laughs> So I'm like, <laughs> how, like, how can we tell people, like, how can we illuminate how men are being creepy? Yeah, that is a real, you know, that, that's really hard because, you know, we, not everybody can be as direct as one another. Um, I can be very direct, but, Same. Not every, you know, <laughs> not everybody else can. And I just, I'm always thinking, but then if we're too polite, then people can try and, you know, manipulate you or whatever, or like, oh, come on, or, you know, that kind of stuff. And I don't even know how people can communicate. Just do not approach people. If you see, if I am at risk, if I'm at visible risk, if someone has got an arrow and a bow pointing towards me and I can't see, but you can, you can approach me and tell me, hello, ma'am, you know, someone's about to shoot this arrow in your head. Like, if I am not a visible harm, do not, just don't approach, like, and I know it sounds really horrible, you know, don't approach us, blah, 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 but there is a reason why you should not, because of the, everything else that's happening, just don't approach people, um, and that way we won't have to reject you, and that way you won't retaliate um, because of the re- said rejection, um, but, you know, whilst everything's happening and men are figuring out ways, I'm still figuring out ways that I can communicate things to women and to men as well but just don't approach me please i don't think it's on it's not on women to tell men what is acceptable or not an acceptable way of approaching and being flattering versus being creepy it's down to men to learn not to fucking do that yeah Yeah. the, the onus is on us it's not on you guys to tell us what we can and can't do the onus is on us to be better because clearly it is possible like I'll just give you an example I when I was um I don't know I was back when I was living in California but the best way I ever actually was approached for somebody who was chatting me up he first of all we were in a public space we were in a a book shop and he was like I'm so sorry like I don't want to be creepy like like big like basically was saying like I just want to be mindful of the fact that this could come across wrong but I genuinely just wanted to say that I do think you're really beautiful and like I would love to like talk but it it was a bit cheesy but it was like it stuck with me and this must be like 15 years ago now at this point and I was like I was gonna say yeah he'd refined that technique (laughs) it, it could have been fully rehearsed but like it was the it felt genuine you know and it felt it was like the intent i could feel that the intent was unless he was like you know a psychopath i have no idea but like it felt genuine it didn't feel creepy because the intent was clearly like hey i don't want to you know intimidate you but if you want like this would be nice and then when i was like thank you so much but i'm i this is really sweet but i am actually dating someone he left and he was like, you know, 
peace and blessings, namaste, whatever. And like, I was like, this is the best interaction I've had with a I mean, man I don't know. That is, that is a great interaction. I mean, I guess like respect to him for having the awareness um, and obviously communicating that awareness. I, um, I actually have a funny story as well, which is, I think it's like, it's, it's funny, but also not funny. <laughs> so <laughs> I remember being at a race um and you know when you do like these races you have to pay for your race photos right so and obviously like I don't know anyone that buys their race photos because it's like 20 something pound one photo and I'm like first of all you ain't even got my good angles so no thank you (laughs) um I remember doing this race the race almost killed me it was just horrific and some honestly when I think about the the how this was executed I'm like you know what part of me was just like you went you put a lot of thought into this so a guy actually bought my race photo and what he did was search for my name via my race number because obviously your race numbers are worn right so he searched for the race number on the race results website found my name Dora Atim hello searched me on Facebook and sent me the photo and I was just sort of like, hey, £27 that I don't have to spend. <laughs> but <laughs> what, and it was a good photo. And what he, what, he actually messaged me and said, you know, like I saw you on race day, but I was super nervous to, to approach you because you just look really hot. Okay, so you could have, you could have left all that bit out <laughs> and just been like, here's your race photo. Have a good day. And all would have been well. But he was like, you know, I saw you on race day, but all I remember was like your perky ass, your neon socks, blah, blah, blah. And I literally could not believe, I mean, first of all, it was like screenshot in the group chat. But um, (laughs) I just, I I was so thrown. I was so thrown. And when I clicked on his profile, he was like, you know, married man, kids and all those kind of things. And I was like, you know, you could have picked the wrong one because I could have done a lot you know you've got your whole wife's profile information in your state I could have done a whole madness but I chose to be like you're kind of creepy and thanks for the photo the photo I did then post (laughs) (laughs) well what he did was he actually he married the woman he met in the bookshop and he was kept using (laughs) that little street line with the women he's meeting elsewhere that does Honestly. sound like Nick's behaviour to me. What a, what a time. Like, that race will go down in history. Whenever someone asks me, like, what's your craziest, one of your craziest run stories, it's that one. Because that race honestly almost took me out. Like, it was just, the weather was biblical. My headphones died because my ear got so filled with hailstones. Like, it was just a mess. <sighs> um, I was by myself in this random city, and then you got men buying you race photos and then finding you on Facebook. <sighs> yeah. Married men. <laughs> Married men. Oh, honestly. I mean, I'd use it for much better things, but I just wish I had some of the confidence that these dickhead <laughs> men have. Because I, I don't understand how not at one stage in the actual event when he was going around putting his payment details in to buy this picture honestly. and typing out his message. Why? At not, not one point has he stopped and thought, you know what, this is actually not probably the best thing to do. It's madness. When you're, when you're entering your 16-digit card number, maybe. Like, exactly. Goodness. Well, goodness. I've said... Maybe perky ass a bit much. 
Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's quite mad, isn't it? It's like he got carried. He's just like, yeah, you really, you know, you're looking really hot, and this, the, 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 the light was glistening off the sunglasses, <laughs> and then he just went. He just he was down the slide. Then he was down the slide. He was just out there, bro. That's mad. Come on. We said previously they should send men like that to war. Cannon fodder, because he's he's not afraid of anything. Fearless men, fearless, and I'm just Red- like. I was really thinking about it. Was it because I was the only, like, I mean, there was not many black people. Um, <laughs> the race was in Wales, first and first. So, um, yeah, probably I didn't really see it. And it was 2016 or 17 or something like that. So, yeah, it was not as representative as I thought it would have been. But he probably just lost his mind and thought, oh, my God, yeah, I need to just tell her. But that was crazy. Made a very interesting story. Um entertain the group chat for a bit um but yeah that man should go to war because he doesn't fear anything <laughs> that's going to be a popping chapter when your book rings out anyway so <laughs> you got that from it oh man self-care sundays tell us about those yeah yes for the listeners at home there's dancing do you know yeah but do you know what self-care sundays like that was that's just my thing I haven't done it on the gram for like two weeks because your girl's been going through it and I just ain't got time to talk to the camera when I'm going through it because you know but skincare Sundays at Auntie D is basically me just doing a skincare routine on my Instagram stories but what how it started I just started mimicking like you know the influence YouTubers influencers type of thing but I was like this is actually pretty jokes and I actually like this because skincare is everything like my head is bold. Anything you can mm. see is my skin. So it's got to be popping. Um, but what else? It actually brings me such peace. And it's my time, you know? It's like my time to just like caress my skin. I've even got a playlist. Like I don't I do not do things by the halves. So I've even got a robe. And one time I did the skincare stories without the robe. And everybody came to just ambush me in my DMs. And I was like, seriously? Like, like where's the robe? I can't take you seriously. And I was like, you're really going to actually have me going to get my the robe before I come? Strong, man. Oh, the my God. Strong. I was fuming. I remember, you know what? I remember the first time wearing the robe. And I had tagged every skincare uh, product. I told, I gave, I gave you them a rundown of what the product does, blah, blah, blah. I, all the messages I had was about the robe. And I was just like, the robe is from H&M, 20 quid, man. Honestly, I just gave you a lot of premium flipping um, content and you asked me about the goddamn robe. But I'm yeah. setting up an IG account, Dora's robe. <laughs> it needs a social profile. Honestly, so now I can only do it with the robe. But yeah, skincare, Sundays Auntie D is basically me just giving you a quick skincare routine and a chat. Um, you know it's important to look after yourselves because it is. you know your body is the most precious thing you own one of my friends once told me so shout out Charlie Dark so yeah I've got to look after it mm, like I just wanted to like I've, I've sort of subtitled this like surviving versus thriving and it's like the last year it's been if you have survived that's been an achievement in itself given how much people have gone through how much families have gone through people have lost jobs um, but thriving can be as much as, like you say, just dedicating an hour to yourself on a Sunday 
just giving yourself 15 minutes 30 minutes cooking yourself something that you wouldn't have cooked otherwise like just giving yourself that taking that time to do something which is exclusively about you you're not to worry about your phone having to worry about anyone else yeah honestly and it's like just give your and honestly like make it as silly as you want it's it's so good for you um and me for me it's like i wear my my uh face mask i'll have my shades on and i've got my sparkling water in a wine glass because that's what i deserve i'm fancy like you know <laughs> it's just who i am um you do that too and you'll feel just as good as me if you feel good for 10 minutes you know hey it's 10 minutes take it Dan, I, I think this is something we need to start doing we Honestly. need to start doing this I want to you see, need to get on the train because mask. Dora inspired me. And... No, on, honestly, honestly, because I do that. I do that on on my on my Sundays. But again, it doesn't go on the gram. But I'm thinking, I've got a lot of let's say less melanin rich people that follow me <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram, and in a couple of years, I can already see the direction their skin is going, and they need to start realizing that gender is not a barrier to look after looking after your skin. I'm so telling get you. your mask on, get your toner, get your face wash and everything, sort yourself out. Dan, and we let need to start me, let doing me that. tell you something. The mandems have been in the DM, obviously appropriately, um, <laughs> about skincare. Yeah. And like, even my brother has mm. got a skincare routine. My brother has got a skincare routine. Yeah. So y'all need to get on it. It's so, it's like, it's brilliant. Don't... I'm I'm on it. I, it's taken me a long time. I've, I've nailed it the last year or so. But I mean, it's so it's some of the, like the the lavish the lavish accoutrements that you're talking about the robe, and all that, and the sparkling water in the martini glass, like Joanne from Photoshop. Amen. <laughs> and the fan, the fan. I don't know why people are like so obsessed with the robe because I'm all about that fan. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but she does this full like swarp just to like dry the face <laughs> just to be like just full like 1940s like honestly bizarre. yeah the fan is actually do you know what the fan just is the cherry on top because when you finish your routine with the mist because you've got to keep yourself hydrated huns you just fan it to just you know and it's funny because the fan is actually from a house rave um <laughs> from a house rave today. <laughs> they will be back soon they'll be back soon i'm waiting till two parties if you're listening can you hurry up your girl is dying we will shout out any rave so long as you can give us tickets so <laughs> get in touch blackguysinabox at gmail.com let's hook up we'll even host we'll even host I will help you set up uh, tell me what you need me to do I'll do it go go dancer Alana. right here I'll volunteer myself <laughs> Alana what is your routine when you need to relax slash recharge you know what I, I really think I'm like a queen of self care my friends used to make fun of me because like I would send them pictures of all the baths that I took like I'm a big bath person and I probably take a bath like yeah a capital B bath at least once a week where it's like bath bombs bubbles I've got my own like mixology thing for my essential oils like Mm. candles yes podcasts it's a full experience so like I always like send them pictures to my friends and they're like you are literally like lord of the baths um, so baths are a big one. Do you shower afterwards? Honest, huh? Do you shower afterwards? This is a really important point. It depends. Yes. If <laughs> you it's must always like, shower after bath, Alana. 
No, 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 no. you shower before. I, sh- I shower before. I shower before. I the bath is clean when I get in there. If it's an Epsom salt bath or something where it's like it will leave me really dry, then I will like rinse it off and shower after. But if it's something where it's like a moisturizing bath, mm, okay. don't come for me. Hold on. First of all, don't come for me. <laughs> to challenge my bath knowledge. I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. I was like, why am I explaining this to you? <laughs> but no, but this is actually good information. So like sometimes I'll do a moisturizing bath with like Love it. oatmeal, chamomile, and like actually some buttermilk. Okay. Oh. Um, because the acids in the buttermilk mm. are exfoliating and moisturizing. Mm. And then I won't shower because I'm like, well, the moisture is there. So I also this is like, my redox. I... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I honestly like my every day is a self care day for me. Like that is non negotiable. So every morning I get up at five thirty every morning, and I'm trying to get up earlier actually because I need alone time. So. My alone time is crucial for my self-care. I meditate every morning. I do a little bit of yoga every morning, just varies on the time. Um, I've got my whole like skincare thing. And thank you, Dora, for turning me on to Medicaid because I got some of those products. Yes. <laughs> Sponsor <Ooh>. us, Medicaid. Um, <laughs> Sponsor us. And um, yeah, and then every so often I just, like, treat myself to something, like, that I would consider luxurious, even though it's something small. So, like, I'll treat myself to, like, a very high dose, like, CBD drink <laughs> just to get, like, really, like, cozy and relaxed. We love it. Um, yeah, I'm just big. I'm a big, like, self-care person in general. So I just try to, like, it's, like, that's my number one priority. And then everything else has to fit around that. I love that. Do you know what? I need to do more of that. Like, obviously, skincare is like I'll block time out. Don't talk to me. No, no, no. I remember someone asking me to come out, and I said, well, as soon as my retinol has gone on, don't ask me to come nowhere. Ain't going nowhere. <laughs> um, but I always try to do things around self care, whereas I need to just like prioritize it, like have it there. I did start meditating because um, Jocelyn, she's actually like. I was part of her mentorship program and so they're talking about like try and meditate for 10 minutes and I was like mm, 10 minutes is too much so I went for five um and yeah that was really amazing because it's sort of like when I wake up in the morning I'm on that's it Dora's on it's like game time you're running you're doing this you're doing that you're doing your multiple things whereas when I started meditating it was like I wake up in the morning and I meditate it's not wake up in the morning and scroll on social media and see what other madness has occurred. Mm. Um, so I need to just definitely do more of that yoga. We've got a love-hate relationship. But we'll, we'll I mean, we'll get there. I need me a studio or something because I, I definitely don't want to be doing it in the bedroom anymore. Like I'm tired of the home workouts. So having to yeah. try and do things. I mean, I love, you know, Bikram Yoga, the hot studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is my jam. Because I don't think about anything else other than don't collapse and don't die. Yeah, when you want to talk about getting rid of your ego, go take a hot yoga class. No, honestly, it's like sensational. Like I absolutely love it because I'm so bad at it as well. Um, it's always like a little win when I don't faint. There's a move, the camel pose, where every time I finish That's it, the worst one. I always yeah. like collapse onto the mat. But there'll be a day where I'm like, oh, I didn't collapse today. Fantastic. Small win. Um, 
oh, we need to do this, guys. We're going to do face masks. We're going to do hot yoga. Bar. Hot yoga. Bar. And we're going to drink San Pellegrino sparkling water out of a wine glass because that's who we are. Absolutely. Absolutely are. One thing that you did say, Dora, is that when you're talking about, like, the replacing the social media in the morning with the meditation, um, it just reminds me of setting good boundaries. And I actually Mm. think the most significant thing that I do for my self-care is saying no to a lot of things and having really good boundaries around certain activities. So there are certain obligations that I have in my life that Mm. I... That are kind of draining to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just have really firm boundaries around like these are the hours that I do those things. Yeah. And I do not do those things outside of those hours unless it's like absolutely an emergency. And that's even like with sleep, which is another huge thing. Like I have to get at least eight hours of sleep. Um, and so. I have to start winding down at a certain time. Mm. And if I know I'm going to get up at night at 5.30, that means that I have to, you know, go to bed, try to go to bed by 9.30. Tonight excluded. <laughs> my sleep, like, my sleep used to be the topic of discussion at probably every meeting. Like, it's so, my sleeping pattern is just something, it's quite something. Like, I remember getting gifted a whoop band for those who don't know whoop is a band where um tracks your sleep and the amount of recovery you need and all that kind of stuff and i guess they must have saw my instagram stories because i'll be like wide awake at 4 a.m um (laughs) and i'm up at like seven you know back to work and i go i go through the day i try not to nap during the day because if i nap then i'll probably wake up the next day so i always try to stay awake but i'm also running through all of this so my body is just like help me um so what reached out they gave me a band and it tells you how much you need to recover and they said oh you know you might be a bit of alarmed when you get your first results back and stuff um and I remember wearing it for the week first week to see how it goes and the band basically told me I should be dead um then I had to really work on sleep sleep is like I guess my work doesn't require me for me to be up and working nine to five so I can sleep whenever I want, but being up at 4am, Googling things that are not important, I don't even know what was, I was looking at the other day, but it was really just quite something. I remember it was, oh yeah, I was Googling, because um, obviously I'm always like, oh, thank you, Black Jesus. And I was actually like, why do we say Black Jesus? And then I found out about the island in Panama, um, and then Black Jesus, there was a statue, and they tried to... Honestly, we won't even get into that because we'll be here all day. But I was like, oh my God, Jesus is actually black. Um, And there was a statue and they tried to transport it to another island, but the ship kept capsizing. So um, basically they saw that as like spirits. So they had to leave it on this random island. And obviously this island, the the statue is like 800 years old or something. And one of my friends was telling me the whole story about it because she's seen it. And she's like, yeah, there's a statue of black Jesus in Panama. So I was like, guess where I'm going? <laughs> Jesus is black, guys. And I'm talking like black is black. Like, <laughs> but it's also 4am, Dora, go to bed. I love those wormholes you go down. We've all oh, been it's there. just, honestly. I oh. can tell you anything you need to know about humpback whales. <laughs> like, oh I, just God. the most random things. The most random things. Oh <laughs> I went to bed at nine o'clock the other day, which is, I don't know how that happened, but it happened. Um, 
and then I remember waking up in a panic at 3am because my my heating has been playing well I say playing up my heating keeps switching on during the night um and I've moved my bed near my window because when the sunlight gets in I mean it's just too Instagrammable so I've moved my bed near the window but my radiator (laughs) is also there um and I remember just like being in such a panic I, I woke up drenched in sweat and I was like I've got covid um because I was like I just woke up randomly sweating I was like oh my god I've got covid I've got covid why am I dripping and then I looked at the thermostat and it was like 27 degrees or something I was like, oh my god. <laughs> that's probably why but then I was up at 3am then I fell into another hole I was like oh my god I remember when I was on this first aid course the guy was a medic and he said that the, the most likely time for people to die, die is at 3am and then I went down this hole <laughs> yeah this is what it's like to be Dora <laughs> then I went down this like whole rabbit hole and I was like okay I'm not going to sleep now because that's when people die so I was like let me just wait so I waited till like 4am then I went to bed and then got woken up by my flatmate's dog um, at like 6 so yeah it was a bit of a mess but I went to bed at 9 so that, that I, was, I gave myself a pat on the back for that it's like you were talking about earlier turning up to go for a run you did the most important part you went to bed at night doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter what happened afterwards so <laughs> about what happened the rest will just like fall into place at some point somehow <laughs> Dom self care bit of yoga get a shavasana on um i've got a shout out temple temple skincare for the mandem my friend rich's um male skincare mm. brand has just come out mm. okay. for black men again skincare for yeah. the mandem is the tagline some good temple. stuff in there i'm gonna tag that temple. tonight yeah Love yeah, that. yeah temple the, the, really good stuff potentially potentially yeah that's the one yeah potentially sponsoring this podcast we'll see we'll do it retrospectively but yeah that's it man yeah. that's it there's uh, also another one the afro hair and skin company their flow perfectly balanced facial oil bad boy there's a few little products that uh that i run to but yeah keep it simple a few nights a week love that what products so i never just... had i never know how to pronounce it but shishado shishado something oh, shish- like that oh, shishado, okay. yeah yeah they're um what's it What's that? What's it when you got that crusty stuff? <laughs> the crusty stuff in a cream. <laughs> exfoliating, <laughs> exfoliating face wash. That's exfoliating. It. It's just a grain. Yeah. That's it. Exfoliating. He was, face he was wash. not talking about his skin. He was talking <laughs> about my, my skin is far from crusty. Far from crusty, man. <laughs> oh, so basically like a physical exfoliant, which is yeah. okay. I'm vibing. Okay. You said it much more eloquently than I did. Uh, yeah, there's there's a few little bits and pieces, but none of them are going to pay me for it, so I'll keep it to myself. Damn straight. Hold tight. The draft. We're going to close this out with another draft. Our top three. We've put feel good gurus, people who make people feel good. We're all about wellness. We're all about wellness of mental health, wellness of physical health. Who is helping us sustain? A positive outlook and just good vibes. Starting with you, Dom. Yeah, right. So my first one, I I'm gonna go with someone who. So I have a love hate relationship with fitness on social media. There's so many people that I follow who I think do wonderful things for the industry and for for people taking care of themselves and um, getting that get up and go to go out and do something. But then there's also a lot of fuckery and madness on there as well. And <laughs> 
one person, Paul Olima Olima, he is so funny at basically telling people about themselves. <laughs> this stupid couple's him. goals, fitness workout that you're doing is madness and makes no sense. And he will tell people about themselves and so how ridiculous it is. So he's my first pick. He's, he's one of the funniest people on Instagram, man. I knew you were going to pick him. Kills me. I, kills I me. think I've seen a couple of his um, reels and stuff and been in stitches every single time. Like, what a funny guy. What a guy. Um, so, this person, she um, is a fitness trainer, Nike trainer as well, also a coach. She's just like amazing and she makes me feel good in the sense of what it's like to be a, a coach. And she just breaks things down. So, her name's Nezrine Dali find her on the gram she yeah she's just like she's just too real and that's all i can really say she's just too real and every time she puts something up i'm just like you know you're just clicking your fingers i'm like yeah speak the things so nezarin dali she's my first one i am gonna go for a friend of mine and he used to be in fitness and he segued to fitness marketing so don't notice him as well tom wright and uh, Tom was yeah he was he was mate of mine from uni he played rugby then he was a fitness model and then he's a PT and all along like what people don't know about him is he was, he was super creative that's what his passion was like he did product design at uni um, there was a lamp that he made but his whole thing was he wanted to not be a PT and he was trying to segue back into marketing and he just found it difficult because he wasn't marketing trained and his whole he's one of those people who was just like dedicates himself to learning anything he can like as soon as he can learn it he'll do that he wanted to go into product design he wanted a backpack for the gym so he invented so he like designed one got like a thousand prototypes of this backpack made like learned everything he could about like how to make these backpacks and it just like the price of and of putting them together made it prohibitive um he had a little foray at running this place called fierce grace didn't quite work out because the organization wasn't good and then he went back into PTing, and then over the years he like had like a sort of dabble trying to get into Nike and then they were interested anyway long story short me and him were started off trying to get into this new career together like different like parallel time it took us like three four years and I ended up doing what I wanted to do and he started working for Jim Gymshark like last year product manager and yeah he's he's super inspiring though like he just good at anything he sort of turns his hand to and he's so positive and he's always sort of thinking of stuff in like practical terms about how it will help people and help them live their life and he's like sort of he's your anti-fitness influencer almost in saying like fitness is good but ultimately it's about you being happy about who you are and doing what you want to do so tom wright shout yourself out boy you've killed me there he was my second pick <laughs> oh okay <clears throat> so my first pick I mean, I, I can't say this person's name without giving away the brand anyway, but um, I recently got a piece of fitness equipment in my house, a bike, <laughs> a bike with a screen. I'm sure that you guys can guess what it is. Hell yeah. And um, my like MVP on that bike is trainer Alex Toussaint or Toussaint, I actually think he pronounces it, but Alex is just, he's a, a cycling instructor and he just picks like club bangers, like everything he picks slaps. Um, 
he's so motivational. He comes from like this military background. So he's just, he just, he inspires me not only to be the athlete that I have always wanted to be, but also like to be the instructor that I aspire to be as well. So I'm going to go for Alex on the bike that formerly known as Peloton. <laughs> are they are they real instructors? What do you mean? Are they real people? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, you thought they were con- computer generated but just, I just instructors. Don't know why, you'd, why would you Yeah, I'm just surprised that they've they've done that. You've gone you've created a robot computer like to teach people and then you've given a person the robot's job it's quite it's amazing well they actually have they usually have studios so they usually have studios where people would go in and there would be a class and then they're also broadcasting through the screen like the tech um but obviously covid now the studios are empty i mean they're not paying us so we're not gonna go into detail but um (laughs) alex toussaint and alana Oh yeah, so again, please. Okay, so the next okay, um I love this girl. So her name is Aaliyah Janelle. Um, she also goes by the Queen in Lettos. She is a choreographer who mainly does like heels classes. And there is no description I could give that will really do her justice. I mean, she is a true queen, fierce, sexy. Um and just a boss ass bitch. Like she's got her own, um, she's got her own like brand. She's got her own, I think, app that's coming out too for um, her dance class. She just has like the most coveted dance classes in California for what she does. And like she's so inspiring to me. Um, and one day, if I could dance even half as well as she does, then yeah, you'll never be able to make my head any smaller. <laughs> Very good. Um, I am segueing entirely away from fitness for my next pick, and I'm going to go for youth worker Tanya Compass. Now, I've interviewed Tanya before, previously, and like she's easily, easily like the most inspiring person I've ever spoken to. You know, there's those people that they just absolutely get shit done. Like, yeah, she's she's get brilliant gets shit done and I remember when I when I sat down for the IG live with her like one particular story she was telling me like she'd achieved all this stuff and like she'd done a sort of uh, queer about Christmas and she'd been giving away kid like toys for kids and organised all these sort of giveaways and signed up all these brands and she'd fronted all these different projects and, and her guys are youth worker and she had this massive social following and then I remember saying to me she's like yeah and then Covid hit and then uh, I had to go back on to uh, like she's back onto benefits and it's weird because working in marketing and working in social media you always associate I can, I can put a value to how many followers someone's got or I think I can and that's the weirdest thing is that I, yeah, I, I've I got a distorted view and most people have a distorted view of what fame is and what social fame is actually worth and I was like this woman's doing so much to help so many people and it's not she's not after enriching herself like she's you know she's she's giving so much and that's like in terms of like feel good like i i i gain from her 
and following her on a daily basis as she sort of goes about just like sort of enriching other people's life often at her own expense and like she's I just want to yeah, shout it out at all possible occasions and I think it sort of harks back to what you were saying Dora about when you wanted to sort of just give back to black women it's just that sort of it's you you need people like that in times like this in difficult times and I just uh, hats off to, to all to Tanya and to you Dora Oh, thank you. No, but definitely Tanya. She, I've been following her work for quite some time, and like honestly, and she's just so real. She like everything she documents when she's like going through it. She talks very mm. openly about like her ADHD and how she has to manage multiple projects. Yeah, big up your chest, Tanya. So my second one. So it's a bit random, but it's also like it's amazing. So this guy in New York from the running community that I met like a couple of years ago. He goes by the name of... His name's Ty. Goes by the name of Daddy underscore Shango. And they call him the cannabis athlete. Because <laughs> he smokes a lot of cannabis. And <laughs> runs loads. Um, but he's also quite spiritual. And obviously, like, I'm on this spiritual journey. I'm still a, a novice in it all. But he's just... Yeah, I just love following his, like, stuff. And he has a platform called Rage and Release. And obviously it says it in the title, you know, Rage and Release. But yeah, he's just such an amazing guy to follow and really inspirational and he really just talks, you know, from the heart and smokes as well. So it's just um it's pretty awesome. If you've got a chance, <laughs> check him out. No, honestly, he's like so amazing. I remember we he done he's done the speed project as well. Um and there was another thirty mile race we'd done in New York and I think he like smoked through it. He took breaks to like smoke and this guy was like flying, did the whole thirty miles. I think I managed 10 miles or so and I said guys no I can't do it no more it's too much um but he did the whole 30 um while well, stoned and yeah I think he's just pretty dope so if you've got a chance check him out <laughs> that is incredible I I'm not gonna lie I struggled with this draft I struggled with this draft because I had a big cleansing of my social media a while back because it was too much of a thirst trap and it's just not good for you so I have pretty much only got people that I know on there now. Um, but one you just that follow you, some men. <laughs> the one, one you, did, you didn't I, have to only follow women. You could have followed men. One, one, <laughs> one person's trap that I initially fell into, but um, has made the cut now based on some actual unbelievable um, tips and advice she used to be a heptathlete um gold medalist in the commonwealth games about a decade ago louise hazel um i don't think she competes anymore but a phenomenal athlete um in her time and i think her brand slay it seems to be doing some great things and i always when i do come across her content on there pick up on some some great little tricks and tips and i mean the people that i tend to to really buy into when it comes to fitness they're usually ex-pros in whatever kind of um sport that they participated in um and she was obviously one of the best in her field so louise hazel and then my final one this is kind of a shout back to earlier in the conversation um but corinne naomi on hit on fit because she got me into bar and she was i went in very skeptical pretty cynical um and like i say yeah now i'm doing all kinds of plies and, and then all that madness so yeah corinne naomi she's she's also brilliant doing a thing love that um i'm just gonna give him a shout out because he's just so dope in everything that he does coach Corey, aka bit beefy he's just the guy 
like you know he and I share similarities on <laughs> being a raver also being a runner um and he rocks absolutely insane colors whilst doing it but his signature colors are pink and blue um but he just he's so amazing and like I think he engages a lot of runners but also you know the 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 beginners the people who still get back into it and I think the way he communicates all of his running it's just brilliant and he's just such good vibes and makes good playlists rocks the bomb colors I rock the bomb colors it's what it should be he's unapologetically the loudest dude ever and yeah and also um on the nike app shameless plug-in i'm loving it he has like super amazing runs like it just makes me feel yeah i can do this boom big up Corey, coach Corey, aka bit beefy big up your chest i am also struggling for a third uh I've realised that as well. I think I I thinned out the fitness element of my slash wellness element of of my social. But I think the third one, what I'm gonna the one person I'm gonna choose is just I think is the epitome. Some may say of feel good, and that is a gentleman known as Shea Serrano. So for those who are not acquainted with Shea Serrano, Shea Serrano is a writer. Uh, from America and he's, he's a Mexican dude and he used to be like a high school teacher and then he decided he wanted to write so he wrote this book and basically he's just like a generous spirit so he'll like he's managed to weird, like cultivate this uh, following where like he's just always just giving away money like he's got three kids and he's got family and stuff and like people say to him oh Shay like I wanted to buy your book and I couldn't afford it. Oh, Shay, like my bills aren't like I'm struggling to pay bills at the minute. And like so often he'll just pay someone's bills or he'll just send them a book. And he always gives like free giveaways. He gives away like free PDFs to people. Like, and now it's got to the point where it's mushroomed so much they call it the faux army. So fuck out of here, the faux army. And that's what his followers are called. And like so often they'll just band together to like pay someone's electricity bill to like just it's just spreading love and spreading good vibes and he's always giving things away for free and he's like constantly just like I don't need this money like I only need a certain amount of money for my family and because and you just want him to win so then like you want to support it even more so I buy everything he does now because just I want to support even though he's like he's amazing anyway really good writer really funny but it's just like he is that he that is exactly what social media should be for and like all too often it's not now so yeah shout out say Shay and it's good like obviously Dom was onto him Dom put our friend Pete onto him now and honestly start following him you will not regret it um I'm really torn on my last pick because I'm torn between two I'm torn between a group of people but then I'm also torn between like a, a sentimental thing but they're very much linked so I'm going to say both because I decided I will so, and I'll explain why. So I was, I was thinking about, um, I don't know if you guys watched Last Chance U, but, uh, his name is Coach John Mosley. It's some people hating big time, but it's people hating on this campus. You are freaking African Americans plus Mark. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which I'm rocking with Mark because Mark is rocking with us. 
they've come out. So Last Chance You is a show on Netflix that um, typically follows a junior college in America um, and their American football program, because what they'll do is they'll take uh, players who should be like Division One or who are really like star players, but for whatever reason, they have not been successful. Um, usually it's like grades or maybe they've gotten in trouble. So they go to these sort of junior colleges to, you know, be whipped into shape. And then they can go back to being Division One or going pro or what have you, whatever. So they usually do American football, but they've just released a season that was basketball. There's something about the stories of these young black men in America who have a lot of odds stacked up against them and who just demonstrate such grit and like vulnerability um, and strength that I just find really admirable. And their coach, the, the people that I really admire are the coaches there because the coach is always so passionate about getting black men out of the struggle <laughs> and being more than just a coach to these kids, you know, like being a real friend, a father figure in some cases. I really admire that. And then the person that it also reminded me of was my grandfather because my grandfather, Coach Rodney Downs, he is going to be 80 years old <clears throat> in a couple months, and he, he had a career as a um, football and track coach in California, um, first starting in LA and then later in Northern California, but he was the same. He was a mentor. He just, you know, I've done these interviews with him and I've had conversations with him where I asked, you know, why was that such a rewarding career for you? What'd you get out of it? And he was like, I just love black men and I love the underdog. And I just, he just wanted to help black young men in the struggle, get out of that struggle. And I just think it's so beautiful. And yeah, just shout out to all of the mentors and coaches out there especially the ones who aren't necessarily in you know the nfl or like the people who are doing it just at the junior college level or even like in um, high school junior high i mean they're so 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 important those people mm. shout out granddaddy yeah grand coach coach rodney downs coach rodney downs i'll definitely tag you because he deserves so many accolades he's the he's the type of coach and he's had such a long career that every time we go go to la my 80 year old grandfather will have people coming up to him on the street like coach downs coach downs like i'm talking people who are like 40 50 60 like he gets oh recognized gosh. everywhere we go because that's how many young men he coached and mentored it's just incredible so we have come to the end of a mammoth but an awesome episode dora thanks so much for coming on thank um, you so much thank you it's been uh it's been an enjoyable journey actually i mean it's like we, we always have this conversation things like feel heavy because <laughs> these are heavy times that we're living <laughs> in so it's it's good to get to chat about you know things that sort of make people feel good and 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 things that we've, we've taken solace in over this time yeah honestly guys thanks so much for having me and like i i know these topics are really heavy but um i've enjoyed the journey because we're 
we always show, yeah, look at us doing like big things, yes, but also life's hard, but also skincare. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just thanks so much. It's been fun. Can't wait for us to be doing our bar skincare and what else are we doing? Hot yoga and running. Treat yourself with RTD. <laughs> I don't think yes. I've smiled so much throughout a recording. So yeah, big <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Dom, Alana, cheers. We out. Take it easy, guys. Bye.